Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. My name is William Powell, your host from the coast and saved of the stage, otherwise known as the king of DC media. Welcome to another excellent episode of the Internet Radio Show on this crisp autumn night. Tonight, my guest is actor and comedian Patrick James Barry. But before we get to Patrick, let's have a word from our sponsor. All right, and if you'd like to advertise on the show, contact me at william400.yahoo.com. Also, email me at william400.yahoo.com about my deep-level acting webinar. It's going to be this Monday at 9 p.m., Columbus Day, October 12th, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's featuring Larry Flash Jenkins, who was in The White Shadow, Flash, uh, Fletch, and also... uh, Bueller's, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and some of the things you're going to learn on the show is, do you have what it takes to make it in this business? Uh, you're going to learn about auditioning, excelling at cold reading, things casting agents look for, networking, and tuning your instrument. So tune in. It's going to be via tango. All right. All right. So I see that... Uh, Hold on here, folks. I think we have some technical difficulties. Hold on one second. Okay, so, yeah, see, uh, Patrick is on the line, so let me bring him on in. Oh. Hey, Patrick. Hey, how are you? Patrick Gallagher, how are you? Good. Good, man. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem. It might be a little noisy. I'm out. I'm out. So I'm going to see a friend's opening night tonight. So I'm on the street in North Hollywood. So that's what the traffic noise is. So sorry about that. Hopefully you can hear me all right. That's all right. I can hear you uh, crystal clear. Okay. So man, Great. I know you're Great. from. Uh, that's right. You're from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. So how did you get started in the acting business? Well, yeah, I was born in Vancouver. I'm a dual citizen, luckily, which makes it a lot easier. It saves me a lot of um, um, red tape. Um, you know, my whole family was artistic. My mother was a um, musician and a teacher. My dad taught Shakespeare. We're full of really highly educated people, and I dropped out of college, and I basically just went to theater school to get people off my butt. Say, I was going to a theater program at Douglas College. Did that for two years, and I was 20. On a whim and a half a dare, auditioned for National Theater School of Canada and somehow got into that. And then once that was done, uh, that set me on my path. I was in Toronto from 2000 or 1993 to 2000, was in New York briefly for about six months, left there to tour, play across Canada, 
Uh, once 9-11 happened, unfortunately, New York didn't seem viable. So luckily I stayed in Vancouver and got some big breaks in Vancouver in 2002. I got cast in Master and Commander with Russell Crowe by Peter Weir. A year after that, I got cast in Sideways. And then I did a show called Da Vinci's Inquest in Canada with Chris Haddock, where it's the first time I got to play a character, you know, for multiple episodes. And everything sort of started from there. I've been able to make a living at it since then. So right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's quite a story. So what would you yeah. say is uh, your favorite role you've had so far? My favorite role? That's yeah. tough. I've been really fortunate. I mean, I, I'm really proud of, you know, being in some really artistically satisfying things like Master and Commander, got to work with Peter Weir, and got to work with Alexander Payne of Sideways. I think it's all the Hot at Night Museum because I made up a lot of that character. I think, you know, on the page, that character was really non-existent. And so everything you see was me, you know, creating the language. Um, I had a lot of freedom working with Ben and Sean, Ben Stiller and Sean Levy. So it was a great learning experience. So that one's the closest to my heart. I also really enjoyed Men of a Certain Age. That was a really fun job. Of all the characters I played, that one, I think I understood the most in my gut. And, of course, Glee was a, was a wonderful experience. So I, I've been really fortunate, you know, to have had a lot of really great experiences. But I think, you know, of all the ones that I'm the proudest of in terms of just an acting role, it's probably a pill of the hunt. That's what I'm most proprietary towards. Yeah, yeah. So t- tell me some uh, funny stories from uh, Line at the Museum. Oh, there were, there were a lot of them. I mean, it was a hot costume. A lot of it wasn't funny. A lot of it was me just freaking out and dying because that costume was 40 pounds of yak fur <laughs> and leather. So I was hot and sweaty all the time, and I couldn't get the whole thing. I could I had to take the whole thing off, you know, to yeah. cool off. And so it was really difficult for me to find time to cool off. I had a little fan once. And the makeup people were warning me not to get it too close to my face. And I got the mustache caught in it just before we were shooting. So Ugh. that was not good. They were not very happy about that. But luckily, we got that fixed. Um, but, you know, I just, you know, the best times were able to see Robin Williams and Ricky Gervais and Ben Stiller in between takes, just, you know, chatting with each other and being hilarious and being able to watch these people work. That was some amazing stuff. You know, yeah. I just also remember, too, yeah. that. When we first shot in New York City, it was the coldest winter in a long time, and everyone was freezing cold. That's the one time that costume was great for me, because I was like, I'm toasty warm, man. Yak fur, if you go somewhere cold, wear yak fur. But I wasn't just warm, I was hot. But there was no, there was no like, cutout in the pants, so I told them, I had to go back and say, listen, you got to get a cutout in this pants, because I'm not, I, there was no way I was having someone help me go to the bathroom. So I said, I'm bound to determine to figure out how to do it myself. So luckily I was able to do that. That was my first order of business. Because that costume yeah. was so bulky. I had all these terrible nightmares of having to have someone help me go to the bathroom. I'm like, there's no way that's going to happen. I'll figure out how to do it. <laughs> so it was a combination of flipping the costume over and tucking it into my belt. And, but they, first of all, I had to put a flap in it. So, so it, it worked out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Robert Williams, uh, was he like a jokester on the set? You know... He was, but he was also very, very, very professional. I, he was an amazing man. You know, I learned a lot from watching him carry himself and how he, you know, how he did his job professionally. You know, he he was always on time. You know, he never complained. He did his job. He's such a brilliant actor. One story that really is close to me is my four-year-old niece came on set when we did Night at Museum 3, and uh, she was a little precocious, and she sort of just, you know, declared how hungry she was, and he went and got her muscles. 
So I have this great picture of Robin Williams, you know, this multi-million or multi-award winning actor with muffins he got from craft services for my four-year-old niece. So he was that kind of a guy. He was an amazing man. But, yeah, that first, you know, he was a jokester when he needed to be. Um, And it was amazing to watch. You know, I got to watch free concerts. You know, I mean, I remember thinking people pay hundreds of dollars to see this guy do this, and I'm just watching him riff for ten minutes in between takes. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So you get recognized on the street. Uh, sometimes, you know, it still surprised me that people recognize me from Attila the Hun because I had so many, so much makeup on. I got recognized a lot when when Glee was at its height. I got recognized once in a while in Canada for Da Vinci's Inquest, and even weirdly for this show we did one year in Canada called Endgame that was on Hulu. People have mentioned, seen it, you know, down here. I, you know, it's it's always fun. I always I always like it. I always appreciate it. You know, when people appreciate the work we do. Um, nice. It's nice we can make people happier or make people's days a little brighter, you know. So it's, it's always nice when people come up and say, you know, you made me laugh or I like your work. I don't like when they call me Mr. Gallagher, though, because I feel really old. I insist they call me Patrick because <laughs> Mr. Gallagher is my dad. So. <laughs> yeah, now, Da Vinci's Inquest, I know I've seen some of those episodes on the Late Late Show here. So that was shot in Canada. So how does that thing work? Uh, I guess you have I mean, you have SAG Astra down here in, in, in Well, we, uh, had, we, we have a Canadian union. Yeah, we had a called Astra Association of Canadian Television Radio Artists. That was a, under a separate union there. And afterwards, it's oh, okay. down here. But it's basically all the same. And one thing I like about Astra, and I, I've been able to work you know, in a lot of places all over the world, and one thing that's kind of satisfying is Sets are always, they're like Starbucks. No matter where you go, they're all basically the same once you start working, which is really kind of comforting. Uh-huh. You know, you can be shooting in London, and the actual being on set is exactly the same as being on set in New York or Los Angeles or Vancouver. That was a great show for me, though, because that was a cop show. It was really well written. You know, I learned again how to play a character for 27 episodes, and I learned a lot in that show. Um, you know, those three shows, Master and Commander, Sideways and Da Vinci's Inquest was sort of the three foundational things I look back at going everything sort of jumped off there and what I've been able to do since. You know, I learned a lot and got some great breaks. So, Yeah, and it, have you found that that's how your career has gone? Like you seem like you hit things come in threes, you know, you like get on street. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, I've had some dry periods and, you know, invariably every time I'm like, you know what, I'm, I need to work, I'm running out of money. You know, something big comes. I, you know, this job is a lot of luck, but I think luck comes out of your attitude and just sort of putting out there that you want to work and believe in yourself. This whole this whole industry is, is just believing in yourself, really. I believe. I mean, everyone's there's no the talent. You know, when you get when you get into the people that are working, there's nothing. There's, the talent is a wash. You know, it's being truthful to yourself. It's it's having confidence that separates people. And there's some things you can't do anything about. You know, you're going to get cast or not cast for reasons that are out of your control. The best thing you can do is just be confident, go into an audition saying, this is how I interpret the part, there it is, have fun, and then say thank you very much. You know, because so little of this is in our control. And once you accept that, it's a lot easier to deal with. Yeah, because you're like a professional auditioner. I've heard that some auditions, like, maybe your side will consist of all of one word. I mean, it's like, oh, look out! You know, this yeah. word. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and there's and there's times when you when you kill an audition, you don't get hired, and there's times when you don't feel that great about it, and you get hired for, 
you know, all kinds of reasons that have nothing to do with what you've done. I had a great acting yeah. coach once who told me, never worry about whether you can act in an audition. They're assuming that. They want to see your ethos. They want to see who you are. You know, I mean, there's reasons why people get cast in every part. You know, when you get to big stars in any level, anybody can play that part. Those people get cast for some reason. And it's bringing out as much yeah. truth as they can about themselves, and it's how they interpret it. That's why we're all interesting. Never worry about being interesting. Worry about the truth, because your truth is interesting. And that's some of the best advice I ever got. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you got to have our that job ethos. Is, our, our, yeah, our job is to be interesting. The only way you're interesting is by having truth. You don't try to be interesting. Right. You've got to be truthful. And then you'll be fine. And just That's believe right. you That's... deserve to be there as much as anybody else. There's a difference between entitled to be there. You know, if you believe you're entitled to be there, that's different than deserve. And, of course, you deserve it. You know, every actor who's ever won an Oscar started in the same – we all start in the same place. We all, at one point, have never had a job. Everybody starts yeah. in the same place. And do you remember that? You know, it helps a little bit with, with the vastness that this industry can be. But just always remember that. Everybody who's ever yeah. wanted to ask where you want to be started exactly where you are. You know? Right. They just believed it. That's right. You know, they just believed it. And, and there's a lot of breaks. you got to be lucky. But, you know, like I said, you need to put yourself in a position to be lucky. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know and make sure you show up on time. The- <laughs> That's the only thing. Five things an actor has to do. Show up on time, know your lines, get your mark, don't be afraid, and make sure someone knows where you are at all times. That's it. <laughs> That's our job. Don't that, wander off to the bathroom unless someone knows you've gone to the bathroom. That's pretty much our job. <laughs> so And stay and stay out of the politics. That's, oh, that's yeah. So there's gonna be a lot of tension. Just stay out of it and do what you gotta do. You know. Mm, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I know you got the play coming up, man. So we're just gonna talk a little bit about the uh, comedy. How that? How is that coming? Well, I just started doing stand up recently, about a month and a half ago. I've done four shows. Just I, you know, basically I did it because I could be sort of funny in parties in the kitchen, and I wanted to see if I could translate into stand up, and it scared the hell out of me. So I thought I need to do something that scares the hell out of me and confront it. You know, that's the only way you get over any kind of a fear and. I was not terrible at it, and I loved it. So I basically just did it because there's a lot of time off when when you're a professional actor and you make a living at it. So it gives me something to do in that time off, and it's fun, and it's creative, and it it opens up different kinds of um, creative juices. So I like that about it. But I I really dig it. It's a lot of fun. When they laugh, when they don't laugh, it's no fun. When they don't laugh, it's no fun at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but even that has its own kind of even that has its own kind of appeal, you know. So really, I, I really like it. Yeah, if anybody, yeah, because you know it makes you want to do better. If anybody's in Los Angeles, I'm doing a show at Formosa Cafe on the 16th, and then I'm doing another show at the Original Room in the Comedy Store on October 30th. If anybody's in Los Angeles wants to come out and see, I guarantee right. one laugh. I guarantee one. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll hold you to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man, so what's coming up next? Uh, not much. i got a few things percolating, just, you know, auditioning. I just finished a guest star on Fuller House. This will be on Netflix. Just did a guest star on Longmire, which is on Netflix right now. And then there's a few other things you know, I've auditioned for and just trying to get a job and relaxing and trying to take care of myself. You know, that's the thing. It's, you know, it's it's... 
it just comes, you can have like dead periods and then it's just flurry, flurry, flurry of activity. So that's, you know, a lot of why doing the stand-up is great to me. You know, it's something I have control over and it's, it's kind of nice to have that, you know, and it's still creative. Yes. And uh, how, how can fans yeah. keep up with you? Uh, I'm at Patrick G man on Twitter, capital P. So capital P A T R I C K capital G M A N on Twitter. And then I have a fan page on Facebook at Patrick Gallagher and I'm Chirish guy on Instagram. I don't have a website. All right. yet, I, haven't figured out, I haven't figured out how to do one yet. So one day yeah. I'll sit down and <laughs> go to Wix, go to Wix or something like that and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. During your downtime. Okay. All yeah. right, Patrick, man, well, thanks for, uh, you know, calling in tonight. Uh, you're a great guest, man, and we'll definitely have you on again. Hey, it was my pleasure. Anytime. All right, man. Have a good night. Okay, have a good night, William. Take care. See you later. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And let me leave you with this uh, quote from George Burns, folks. The old George said, acting is all about honesty. If you can fake that, you've got it made. Good night. <laughs>